morning. So my name is John Devery. Um, my wife and I have been members here for seven years. I've been a born-again Christian now for 40 years. Um, it started at Tauranga Central Baptist. Sorry, is that speaker okay? That's okay. Okay, so I'm, I'm uh, John Devery. I've been a member here for uh, seven years with my uh, wife Grace. Um, I've been a born again Christian now for 40 years. It started at Tauranga Central Baptist in uh, 1983. Uh, I had a, I've had a career in banking and insurance of about 20 years. Um, but for the last two or three years, I've been driving a taxi, which has actually been a really interesting experience. I meet some um, amazing people. Um, I just sent his father in the car recently. Um, but I meet, I really do meet some amazing people in the taxi, and um, I pray for some people in the taxi. Some people pray for me. Some of the drivers pray for me. I pray for them. So it's really interesting. But I'm also the CEO and founder of an international prayer ministry, which is going really well. And I'm going to tell you more about that in a minute. But I just wanted to spend a few minutes on prayer and could it be easier than we think. I attended a, um, a Christian meeting some time ago which had a lot of people in it who had been Christians for, for most of their lives. You know, I was surprised to learn that many of them struggle with prayer, even after having been Christian for many years. And that, that really did surprise me, because I, I've, never felt, I've never found prayer to be that difficult, and I kind of just naively assumed that um, other people were the same. So I just wanted to share some of my thoughts on that, and um, some ideas it might help some of you. This is, this is me. I was a Catholic. Um, brought up a Catholic. Uh, that's me at seven. I... Prayer was quite confusing to me as a, as a Catholic. I knew the Our Father and the Hail Mary backwards and forwards. Um, I had my own set of rosary beads. But really, apart from the Our Father and the Hail Mary, I didn't really know much else about prayer. Prayer was quite hollow to me. I would go to confession every couple of weeks, go, to, go talk to the priest, and um, I'd uh, tell him my prayers for the week, I mean my, sorry, my sins for the week. And, um, and then he would give me, like a, it seemed to me like a penalty, um, or a punishment that prayers were given. 
and um, sometimes we might be given four Our Fathers and three Hail Marys to, to pray, which is quite a lot for a seven-year-old. So it, to me, you know, I just, I just didn't really understand prayer. I didn't see my family uh, praying. We didn't say grace. Uh, so prayer was really um, quite distant to me. For me, God was, God was someone faceless, up in the sky, um, far away. And for some of you, that, that might be the reality of God in your life. That you just see God as someone distant and, and not, not personal to you. I was in baptised in 1983 in Tauranga Central Baptist. And it was then that I learned that Jesus really desired a relationship with each of us and that he was close to us. He wasn't far away. He was still the God in the clouds far away, but he was also close to us and that we could talk to him any time we wanted to. Billy Graham says, prayer is just talking with Jesus. And I think it's something that we, you know, prayer doesn't have to be, you know, really serious and ceremonial. Sometimes it can just be talking like you're talking to a friend. So Jesus is with us every day. And in this, in this psalm, it says, I will bless the Lord who guides me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad, and I rejoice. My body rests in safety. So I just really love this particular version, um, for he is right beside me. And I've always sort of felt that Jesus is right beside me as I've gone through my Christian walk. Imagine it's a Saturday, and you and your partner have decided to spend the day together. And you're going to do a few things. You're going to you're going to get, drive in the car. You're going to walk in the park. You might um, go for a coffee, have lunch. Uh, you might spend some time on a train or a bus and then drive home. But before you go, you say to each other, listen, even though you're going to be right beside me, I'm only going to talk to you for five minutes. Because this is sometimes what we do with our prayer life. We spend five minutes in the morning, and it's almost like a chore. We put the dishes in the dishwasher, we, we do the vacuuming, and we say our prayers, and that's it for the day. Um, even though God is with us all day long. So it doesn't need to be like that. Because Jesus is with us all day long, and he desires to talk with us and to us. Uh, yeah, so actually in my taxi, this might seem a bit weird, but often I'm, I'm driving around with no one in the car, and um, I just imagine that Jesus is in my front seat, and I talk with him, and we, we, have, we have great chats. We, we, I pray, and, and he, he talks to me, and, and I pray about myself and others, and it's, it's a really cool time. So you can pray any time. You know, you can pray in the morning while you're having breakfast. 
at the bus stop or the train stop, in the bus or the train, while you're at work, walking the dog, having a coffee, at the gym, and before you go to sleep. So really, you know, there's, there's so much time during our days that we can make time to pray with God, just like he's there, well, he is there all the time. This, this book, some of you may have read this book, um, Keith, Keith Green. Keith Green was um, a very famous singer back in the 80s, late 70s and 80s. I read this book a number of times. This book has probably had more um, influence on my Christian walk than any other book apart from the Bible. Um, in the book, there's uh, a lot of... Um, Keith puts his prayer journal in there. And um, Keith says... Keith says, I can't read that. If you take an honest, hard look at your prayer life, God will use it just through your heart. It's really an amazing book. And I've actually got quite a few copies of this book. And if anybody wants to read it... Um, I mean, I've got about 20 copies of this book, so if anybody wants to come and see me, um, I'm happy to hand, you, hand out a read of it. It's quite a decent-sized book. It'll take you a while to read it. But it's really changed my life over the years that I've read it. So come and see me. Anyway, ministry is called yourprayerpartner.com. So um, a bit of background of sort of how this started, so just, just so you can understand how I arrived at this... Um, ministry. Who knows what backsliding is? We don't, we don't often talk about backsliding in church. It's something that um, most, most preachers stay away from. But backsliding's quite, well, actually, this, it, backsliding's not that. Backsliding is, is coming to know God coming to know Jesus and then moving away, walking away from him. And it's, quite, it's really sad that someone would, would come to know Jesus and then move away. Honey, could you bring up my, my, my water bottle? Would you mind? So, I mean, this issue of people coming in the front door of churches and going out the back door of churches is, is very real, and, it's, and it's, um, it's certainly been a big problem for churches over the last 30 or 40 years. In some churches, as many as 50% of people can come in the front door and, and for whatever reason, go out the back door. And, and some churches are even as high as 70%. So it's, it's a really big problem. Statistics on this sort of thing are quite hard to find. Most of it comes from the States, and some of it's a wee bit dated, but a, but a lot of it's quite still relevant for today. So in 1991, organisers of a Christian concert in the USA did a follow-up of people who had come forward to an altar call. And less than 5% were leading a Christian life a, only a year later. So 95% of people had, had fallen away after going to an altar call. 64% of USA 18 to 29-year-olds who grew up in a Christian church 
We're no longer active Christians as adults. It's a heartbreaking um, statistic. New Zealand census 2006, about half of people identified as being Christian. And only 12 years later, it had dropped to 33%. 2.3 million New Zealanders said they had no religion at all. So this really bothered me. And it's bothered me for quite a few years. I've talked to um, pastors and church leaders um, a number of times over the years. And this problem is, you know, has, been, has been relevant and has been there. Who's seen the movie um, Field of Dreams with Kevin Costner in it? Yeah, it's a really good movie. If you haven't seen it, it's a really good movie. But in that movie, Kevin Costner, he hears this voice in the wind and he keeps hearing it and he doesn't really know what it means. Um, I had a similar experience. It wasn't quite as, as, as clear as what it was in the movie. But um, the word I kept getting was save the saved. And, I, and I, I, it, it confused me for a start. And so I, I went back to God and I, I said, I don't understand. What is, what, what is the save the saved? I don't understand. And sometimes in our prayer life, it's actually good. Because sometimes in our prayer life, we can... You know, it's, we pray, I want, I want, or I need, I need, um, can you give me? Sometimes it's good to ask God a question, like, like what or why or where. So I asked God, what does this mean? And then I gave God a moment to respond. And he, he gave me a picture. It wasn't this picture, but it was very similar to this picture. So God said to me that often when people are drowning and they need saving, it's not that they can't swim. Often they are really good swimmers, but they just get tired. They might have been hit by wave after wave. They might have got tired. They might have been, um, you know, they might have had some problem out there, and they just need some help. So that's what we do in our ministry. Our main focus is actually Christians. And we just we just try to help them when they might have been hit by wave after wave in their life. It could be debt, it could be, it could be, it could be a death in the family, sickness, um, they, lots of reasons why they might have walked away or, or moved away from God. So that's what our ministry is all about. I love this picture because it's very symbolic of what we do in our, in our ministry. So we walk with people. So this, you can see in this picture the, the winding narrow road coming from the distance. Um, it's very symbolic of the Christian walk, which is narrow and can be difficult at times and uphill. So in our ministry, we walk with people um, to just see if they need a hand, if they need some support, keep them on the trail, um, and just see if they, if they need some prayer and encouragement. And the way we do this is people submit, they go to our website and they submit a prayer request. Now, most people have never had the opportunity of actually writing out a prayer request. It's something um, that we don't normally do. But um, when you give people a space like this, people just 
go on to it and they just often pour their hearts out. We won't read these particular ones. Um, if you go to our website, we've got an examples button. If you click on that, there's about 30 examples of actual prayer requests. And the reason I've got those in there is because people can go through there and actually see the depth of what people have, have prayed for and the things that people have prayed for. And it kind of encourages them to be, to be um, open and forthcoming with what's happening in their life. Um, if you go there, you'll need a box of tissues because it's, um, it's some just real heartbreaking um, prayer requests in there. And while I'm at it, our ministry, um, we, we have a rule that men pray for men and women pray for women. So we never have men praying for women or women praying for men um, because we wanted to make sure that we weren't being seen as some sort of a, a Christian dating site. And, and, and we haven't had that problem with anyone. It's been, it's been fantastic. So we make that clear. So this one here, this is just a couple of examples of, um, of prayers that we receive. Sometimes the prayers are really simple. And this is, um, this is Karen from the Philippines. Just a really simple prayer. I need, I need prayer. My heart is so broken and I'm so lost. Just a really simple prayer. And this one here from Eva Camilla from Sweden. She's a born-again Christian. Pray for my adult daughter's deliverance from alcohol addiction and epilepsy. Pray also that she will be saved. This lady, um, Juliet from Uganda, born again Christian. Another simple prayer, marriage. I pray for the blessing of marriage. I'm 35 and single with no children. I would like the Lord to intervene and grant me my own family in Jesus' name. So we get lots of just simple prayers like this. It's, it's, it's amazing. But sometimes we get, and I won't read this one, but um, sometimes, as I say, we give people the space and they just pour their hearts out. It's incredible. And we, we just sit on the sideline in our ministry and, and just watch this incredible communication going on between the person and God. It's just, it's really incredible. So there's really ministry going on before we even get to them. So once these prayers come in, we then write back to them on either email or WhatsApp. We love WhatsApp because it's very simple. You can see people have read it. Um, we have a we have a prayer, basically a prayer format, where we we introduce ourselves, we um, make comments about their prayer request, we then pray, we might give a scripture, um, and then we. We ask them to share our ministry with, um, with others they might know who might also need prayer. We also do it on um, email as well if they don't have uh, WhatsApp. About 50% of the people we um, communicate to have WhatsApp. Um, but you know, as you can see, we do a fairly, um, it's a fairly decent sort of a prayer that they receive. And these are all individual. Nothing's copy and pasted. Um, our, our, um, our staff are trained to pray before they pray. So they, they pray to see if God might have a particular message for the person they're praying for. We love written prayer. Because the thing is, with written prayer, you can read it. You can reread it weeks or, or months later. You can confirm what was said. Because often with a, ver a, a verbal prayer, you're not sure an hour later actually exactly what was prayed. But you can go back and you can, um, it, with written prayer, you can go back and read it, 
print it, frame it, show it to others, store it away and be blessed and re-blessed later. So we really love written prayer. And yeah, obviously our services are totally free. So we, we certainly wouldn't charge anything for this. That's probably the reason that we get lots. Now, if, that, if that's months, what we do is we, because we want to walk with people, we send um, each, of, um, each of the people who send us prayer requests, uh, they get a, um, a graphic and a caption and some encouragement every month on email. And then every three months, we, we give them a one-on-one. So one of our staff will contact each person and basically ask the hard questions of, how's your Christian walk going? How's life? Do you need some support? Do you need some prayer? Do you need some encouragement? Just how's it going? You know, we're here for you. So it gets back to that picture. You just want to walk with them long term. So it's not, we don't just, we don't just connect, um, we don't just pray for them and then forget them. We pray and connect, and connect. So we want to walk with them long term. And we also get a lot of people who are obviously non-Christians who, who write um, emails, um, prayer requests to us. It's about 50-50 um, between um, born-again Christians and, um, and others. Um, so we work with them, obviously, take them through a process and hopefully um, you know, lead them to the Lord eventually as well. Currently, we've got about 700 clients. We call them clients. Um, they obviously don't pay us anything, but we, just, we call them clients. And from 23 different countries so far. So we've got some strange ones in there, you know, like Nigeria and Finland and Ethiopia, Zambia. They just come from all over the place. It's amazing. I mean, I wake up each morning um, and I turn on my phone and I see these messages come through. It's just amazing to, to read some of these prayer requests that come through. Um, um, I can't read that one. <laughs> What's that one say again? So you're probably wondering how we do all this. So that's my team. Um, they're all from the Philippines, and they're all born-again Christians. They're all mature Christians. We've got, about, um, we've got about seven pastors in our team. They're amazing. Um, I just wanted to say, because some, some of them are actually watching right now from the Philippines. Uh, it's about 5.30 or uh, 6 o'clock in the morning over in the Philippines. So thank you, team. L- love you all. They're highly skilled. They're highly dedicated. Um, they, almost all of them are volunteers. I have got um, currently one paid staff member. Um, but they do an amazing job. They can work anywhere from where they contribute anywhere from one hour to 15 hours a week. So they're just amazing people. Now here's a quick clip from one of our staff members. Hello guys, my name is Angelica Flores Hilasio, 25 years old from Your Prayer Partner Philippines. So being part of this ministry has a great impact into my life. So I am very thankful because I can help other people in leading them into prayer and 
not just in changing their situation or their lives, but also to grow myself as a servant of God. Yes, I've really found, um, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, it's like at Christmas time when you give someone a gift and, it, and the feeling, it's, it's a great feeling that you get when you give the gift. So it's, it's like a win-win for everybody. You know, we pray for our clients and they get um, such um, encouragement out of it, but our staff just absolutely love doing it. Um, our team, I mean, I said we've got 700 clients so far. We, we haven't really turned the taps on yet. Um, by this time... Well, by the end of this year, um, we should have around about 2,000 clients. And we're obviously going to need more staff. So if anybody wants to join us, because we don't want to just be exclusively have staff in the Philippines, we, we really want to have um, staff around the world. So if anybody is keen to maybe come on board, one, one, two, three hours a week, it's not much, and it's a really great benefit to so come and see me. Just quickly, we're about 75% of the prayer requests we get at the moment are from the Philippines because they are, it's just a, they have so much need in the Philippines. It's just, it's just crazy. They have, um, they have no social welfare, no unemployment benefit. They've got no free health system, um, no free schooling. That results in large debts. Many have got no jobs um, and they get married and still live with their parents. Uh, often they work three or four hours away while they... They might be two hours away from their work each day, so they spend so much time travelling. Um, and they end up being highly stressed, um, you know, depressed, anxious, and really struggling. So although your prayer partner ministry was initially going to be just a prayer uh, ministry, I really felt God wanted us to do something practical as well. So we're actually helping um, Filipinos find work. And the type of work that they do... Often the, the sort of work they want to do is from home, so they don't have to, to do all this travelling time. And it's virtual assistant work, where they might work from home and they do they might do three, four, five hours for, for a company in, in the West. And um, we don't, we're not acting as an agency, we're just um, facilitating this process. And we're just helping to change lives, because honestly, um, a job or a better job can just make their life so much better. And that's really what we're doing as well, just to help them. As you know, I'm a taxi driver. Um, I spend about 40, 45 hours a week doing that. And I do this on top of that. During this year, I'm, I'm going to be looking at funding. We wanted to get the ministry going first and, and show that it's success before we started to go out after funding. So we're, we're going to go out around New Zealand and also around the world. Um, to go after funding. And the goal is really, I, I want to spend less time driving a cab and more time leading this ministry. Um, but I also want to start paying some of our, some of our staff who have an administration role, um, who currently do it as a volunteer, I want to start paying them a little bit of money um, and also um, have some money to spend on social media and extending that. On our website, we have a um, we have a, a donation button, and if you click on that, it takes you to our Give a Little page.